0: Welcome to the Spectrum Lounge podcast, where we discuss creatives of color disrupting the game in TV, film, and pop culture. I am your host, Rebecca Theodore Vashon. And on this episode, we speak with writer and filmmaker Kelly Tarrell, as we take a deep dive into the new HBO series, Lovecraft Country. Take a listen. Welcome to the Spectrum Lounge. I'm so glad you have been trying to get you (laughs) on. So, yeah. Um, So this episode, we are going to be discussing uh, the upcoming HBO series Lovecraft Country, um, which is going to premiere on HBO this Sunday, I believe 9 p.m. Eastern time. I think that's the um, premiere time. Yeah. And so um, this is based on a 2016 novel by Matt Ruff of the same name, Lovecraft Country. Uh, The showrunner and creator is Misha Green. Uh, Executive producers are J.J. Abrams and uh, Jordan Peele. Um, And just a great cast, uh, really. I mean, uh, Jonathan Majors, we know him from The Last Man in San Francisco. Journey Smollett. Um, We also have uh, Courtney B. Vance, who is one of my very favorite actors. Uh, Michael K. Williams, Anjanue Ellis. This is just a really stacked cast. Um, so basically, the premise of this show is um, this young Black man, Atticus uh, Freeman, um, comes back from war. He's, he's, a, he's a Korean War veteran, um, and basically, he finds out that his father is missing, which just opens up this whole mystery. So he, along with his uncle and a, a childhood friend, Letitia, who's played by Journey Smollett, basically take the road to look for their uh, father. And of course, it's not as simple as that because this is the 1950s uh, where, you know, Black people traveling was quite dangerous. It's not the same way as you and I getting into into a car, getting cross country. So um, it's this really great mix of supernatural and horror. And um, one of the things that's really interesting about Lovecraft Country is that it basically uh, takes the idea of H.P. Lovecraft, which while we know he was a very prolific science fiction writer and, you know, influenced a lot of science fiction writers after him, this was a man who was also very, very racist um, <laughs> and actually had a poem, I believe, that was titled On the Creation of the Nigger. Um, and from mm-hmm. what we're understanding, some of the monsters that were in his books and preachers featured in his books were actually allegories or, or symbolic of Black people and Jewish people because he was also anti-Semitic. And so Lovecraft Country basically works to kind of investigate that and, and subvert that in very interesting ways. So let me start off with you, Kelly. What did you think? We, you and I both got uh, screeners for episodes one through five. We're not yes. going to give out any spoilers, but I just wanted no. to get your opinion, what you thought.
1: Okay, so obviously last night I watched it and was texting you the entire time. So mm-hmm. for everyone who's listening, because you know outside of you, people don't know, um, I really, really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a long time. Um, since I've really watched a show that I was like, oh my God, I can't wait to get to the next episode and the next episode and the next episode, you know what I mean? And I, and I feel like, um, every episode really drew me in, you know, the pilot is fantastic Mm -hmm. where I feel like there's been a couple of other shows where I've been sent screeners and it didn't really get good until episode three or four. Right. And then it was like great after that. This is a show that I feel like the second you are in it. Um you're in it. And also I'm a big horror fan. You know, I make horror films. I write horror stuff. I I love everything they're giving me. You know what I mean? It feels very, you know, it's based in the 1950s. It definitely feels 1950s. The monsters look like the kind of monsters you would see, you know, in films back then, mm-hmm. but better. Because, you know, they have, <laughs> they have monkey paw money. So it's right. better, um, you know. And I love that it gets to show us as the heroes. And yes. that every episode gives you something different. So I mm-hmm. feel like, you know, we were talking yesterday um You know, it felt very X-Files, the pilot felt. X-Files meets Mississippi Burning meets, like, you know, like, all these other things. And you get to episode four, and it feels very Indiana Jones.
0: Mm -hmm. You know,
1: Temple of Doom, even though that movie is racist as hell, too. But, like, but it feels very, like, adventure. And when is the last time that we've seen Black characters get to, um, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't know. We get trapped in like some like land that we don't know underneath ground and they have to like go on the tightrope to, you know what I mean? Like when's the last time that we've seen something like that? I can't think of a time. I can't think of a film um, or a show that showed us doing Indiana Jones kind of stuff, meeting, doing also kind of like, you know, ghost haunted house stuff, doing also kind of like fighting monsters kind of stuff. And body horror, which you like, I can't stand. But like, <laughs> it makes me really uncomfortable. Um, yeah, but, but but like, when do you get to see black characters do all of all of these things? In mm-hmm. first of all, when do you get to see them do them really ever? And then it's like, when you get to see them do it all in one show, it's right. it's, it's it's breathtaking. And if mm-hmm. you love horror, um, there's something for everyone. I don't know if they're going to do a slasher. I really hope not because that's also something I don't really like. But it's like (laughs) – I know. I'm just really not into slasher stuff. Even though I'm an 80s baby, like I feel like all of the horror films in the 80s were all slashers. But, I mean, I feel like there's something for every kind of horror lover. And if you're sci-fi, there's something for you too. Mm -hmm. I just think it's really, really fun and smart. Um, I think it has something to say. Like we talked about earlier – Um, It has something to say about what the times was like then and kind of mirroring what is different and what is still the same. Um, And for me, that terror um, that we, like our parents felt and our grandparents felt during that time period is a very different terror now, but yet it's still very similar um, that this idea of police brutality and mistreatment by the police um, is something that is a lived, real experience that we are going through right now. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I just I think it will resonate with people who are open to the message. Some people just aren't going to like it. Mm-hmm. And that's their business. What does Tabitha say? And that's your business. Um, <laughs> But I don't like I I, like you know I've read as you have also read some reviews some from mostly from white um critics a few from black critics don't like it I don't know what they're watching because we're clearly watching (laughs) something different
0: but I mean whatever
1: you got your check I guess it worked out for you I don't know but I mean it's fun and and like you know and the acting is fantastic and you know I feel like. We've seen Journey in things, because she's been in the industry forever. Mm-hmm. It's got to be over 20 years that she's been in the industry from a little girl. Yeah, And I have to tell you, I mean, I thought she was really, really great in Underground, and that was a really great role for her. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen her in anything as strong since, Underground is, it was the strongest thing at that point, and I feel like Letitia is the role she was born to play. She's yeah. giving you... Everything. (laughs) Everything. I mean, like, you know, horror is not an easy genre. I mean, I feel like a lot of people look at horror as being not a respectable genre and not a genre where you think of good acting. Mm -hmm. And I I think that's really unfortunate because I think to be terrified is one of the hardest um, emotions that you can, that you can, um, that you can portray, because I think it's it's really easy to make it not believable. Like you know, right. you ain't really scared, and you know, and what you are scared, and, and and like they're reacting to something that's actually not even in front of them, because these monsters are not even there on set. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and so you are yeah. getting so much of reaction, you know, just being terrified. And she is just there is so much range there um, with her sister, with, you know, her own demons, you know, she mm-hmm. is kind of, she is kind of trifling. She's really <laughs> trifling, you know, and like, you know, which, you know, you learn that she's not, she's a little fast and loose with the truth and that she's not really the best sister and she's a user. And that maybe, which what I also love about the show is, um, even in all this kind of like monsters, there's still all of these interpersonal um, issues that the characters have with one another. Um, everyone has their own like trauma. Um, and there is some joy in this. I mean, obviously it's a horror. So it's going to be scary. And people are going to be like crying and it's going to be a lot of stuff going on between people. Um, so, but there is a little bit of, of joy. I definitely found myself laughing a lot. Obviously mm-hmm. at the appropriate moments when things are funny. Um, but I think the thing with Letitia is there's just so much to her. And I and I appreciate um, the colorism that they, uh, Misha and the team, really kind of thread out between Letitia and her sister. And we can talk about that later. But I feel like there's just such an understanding of who we are. Right. Um, that I feel like this just feels, and I hate the word like authentic. Mm -hmm. Because like my my experiences with blackness and being a black woman are very different than your experiences. You know what I mean? And and either one doesn't mean one your experience is any less authentic than mine. So I just because I feel like that's kind of the new thing now. It's like, oh, it's the black of the black of of the show. And it's just like shut up. (laughs) No, this is true. This is true. Like if you don't get the out of here. You know what I mean? And I feel like yeah. oh, it's, it's black as fuck. It's black, black of the black. But you know, no. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also feel like shows that really try to be that way are, they fail. I feel yes. like they fail. They, I mean, they may be commercially successful, but mm-hmm. just in terms of like storytelling and like multifaceted black characters, they fail on that level. I feel like it is very clear that Misha put a lot of time um, and love into this, and that's and and I feel the same kind of way when I saw David Makes Man because it was so clear, right? Oh, I need that to watch Rell that. Had of, God, I watched it in a day. And You know, I hate binging. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to binge because I really yeah. like to watch an episode and just really sit with it and let it breathe and take notes and you know I like to watch an episode and then just as just like a spectator Mm -hmm. you know and obviously as you're never really just a spectator because you're watching it and you're just thinking of all like the things that you love and then you go back a second time and you watch again but when you binge you really can't do that but I didn't care because (laughs) I I watched that like I have to go back, but I definitely, but that's a show, sorry, I'm going off tangent, but that's a show where you could tell that like Terrell really loves us and that there's a certain amount of care. And I feel like with Lovecraft, even with this genre, um, there's so much care to these characters and there's so much love. Um, And, you know, it's hard to really get deep because you don't want to ruin it for people. And so I'm trying to like, Stop myself, but there's just so many moments um, where it's just I wonder had this been made by white people, how different this would look. And oh, God. I wonder, I know it would be a mess. And I wonder <laughs> if it was made by a black team and a black creator that have horrible politics. Cause I feel like we have to be really clear that, you know, as much as we say, oh, we want black creators, because we do. There's a certain type of Black creators that think a certain way that only kind of um, perpetuate and uphold white supremacist ideas, right? And Mm -hmm. kind of stereotypes about who we are, even though they'll swear you up and down that that's not the case. Or, you know, you have Black creators that be on that All Lives Matter stuff. And (laughs) you know what I mean? And so, like... You know know who they are. And you know who they are. It's like we don't even have to say Yeah, Or, you know, or when someone brings up that maybe you have a colorism problem, you just gaslight everybody and tell them they're wrong and shut up. Mm -hmm. And I think that like this show with those kind of black creators would not look and feel the way. And I think it's, you know, I don't know Misha personally, Mm -hmm. um, but from what I get from her and obviously what we got from underground I just feel like this is that she, that she, that she leads with not having an ego. And this is really about loving us. And that's really where the art should come. And that's where I feel Lovecraft comes from. Like, is it perfect? No. You know, I definitely thought the third episode was a little off-putting only because I didn't understand that what was going on, but then once I got that, like, oh, okay, this is later. And that the, that the format of the book is that it's not a linear book. It's, it's a bunch of little stories. Ah. It made sense. So it made sense to me, but there was this, this kind of thing with episode three, I was like, okay, well, what's going on? Why are we in this house? Like, what does this have to do? And then you're like, ah, okay. All right. This makes sense.
0: Yeah. It all, it all circles back and it ties And in it all, and, and, and I felt like by the end.
1: Exactly. And I felt yeah. like at the end, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I see where this is going. I see yeah. it, you know.
0: And Journey yeah. was in that in that episode. She, she owned that. I was like, okay, girl, I see. You. I just
1: feel like, I feel like this is an Emmy nominated, an Emmy worthy role.
0: Yeah. She's, she's great. It's, um, you know, the thing with Misha Green is like, like you, I was a huge fan of Underground. And I was devastated when it was uh, canceled because it used to be it was on the WGN. And then it got I think it got bought by Sinclair uh, Broadcasting, which is a very conservative. I think the owner is like friends with Trump or whatever. So I once I read that they acquired WGN, I was like, oh, that time's up for underground. So Mm -hmm. unfortunately, we didn't get a third season, which I was really looking forward to because I really wanted to see. Season three, like in the Civil War, like I, I really wanted to see what was going on with that. But um, I'm glad that Misha and Journey partnered up together again yes. um, because I think they bring out the best of each each other. I think there's a there's a Hollywood Reporter article where <laughs> Misha was like, "Yeah, you know, while d- during the, sh- the the first season shooting of Underground, we weren't exactly the best of friends because I think they had uh, they had differing." Creative opinions, but I think by the end of shooting, right, like by the time they finish Underground, um, they're the best of friends, and I think they understand each other, right. Um, so I'm glad I they. I don't know
1: what that, that tea was about.
0: Hmm. I don't know. I think she. They said something about how she would want to do a scene a different way, and then Misha would want to see it done a different way, and so it was sort of this clashing. But I think by having Uh-oh. that conflict, it, they got to understand each other. Like, okay, this is what you're looking for, and so now they have this very strong working relationship. But I
1: mean, um,
0: yeah. But you know, you know the
1: thing—it's with- a weird relationship between. No, keep going. Sorry. No, no, no. keep going.
0: Uh No, I was just saying like with uh, Lovecraft Country, like for me is like a dream realized um, because I was that nerdy, geeky black girl (laughs) who loves science fiction. Like I, you know, I've said this on Twitter before, like I was introduced to science fiction and horror by my mom. My mom was like one of the biggest nerds. Like if you were talking about black girl nerds, she was like one of the OGs, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, I watched Twilight Zone with her. But here in New York we used to have something called it was I think it was like channel five or channel eleven. It was called Creature Feature. And it would show like all of these like B-level horror movies like Creature from the Black Lagoon, The Man with Two Heads. We watched all of that stuff, you know what I mean? And then we watched Star Trek. She introduced me to the original Star Trek. So the thing with and I think the thing that Lovecraft Country does so brilliantly, one of the themes is this idea of black people engaging in a genre that does not love them back, right? Um, and yes. we and we see that um, beautifully in- illustrated that that opening scene of episode one is batshit crazy and I loved I was it. Like, what in the <laughs> hell is going on? I was like, is this what we're doing? Oh, I, yeah. thought the, I thought we got the wrong screener and I was like wait a minute is this the right show and it was
1: like oh. I, I I literally was like I really yeah. think this is the wrong screener just like you I was like yeah. I know it says Lovecraft Country on it I don't know what's going on mm-hmm.
0: what is this
1: you know I was just <laughs> like screaming
0: yeah um, yeah like I mentioned I think we were talking earlier like one of the shows that I love uh, one of my favorite sci-fi shows was the Twilight Zone and I think hands down Twilight Zone is one of the greatest TV series ever. Like it it has stood the test of time and I don't think it's going anywhere. Um, and you know, Rod Serling is a hero of mine because I love the fact that he used his platform to talk about social issues. Like people always like science fiction shouldn't be political. I'm like all sci-fi is political. It's all political sci-fi horror. It's always about something. Even when you don't mean it to be. You know what I mean? Even when you don't
1: mean it to be, just you know, just looking at the Night of the Living Dead,
0: yeah, and And how
1: like, yeah, mm -hmm. but you know, just him having casting that actor, you know, the end means more because he was black.
0: But yeah, Twilight
1: Zone's the same way. Was there ever any black person in Twilight Zone? Like, I
0: feel like there was one episode with a black man, but ask me if there were any black women in the original sci-fi, original Twilight Zone series. I'm. Really trying to scratch my head to see if I knew that, I, and, and let me be specific: a black actress in a lead speaking role on the Twilight Zone. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm. It's hard. I'm outside of,
1: ma'am, do you need more tea? Like you know, like, yes. I, like outside <laughs> exactly. of that role. So even um, even Twilight Zone,
0: know. looking back, it's like it was a step in the right direction, but it still was rather white because um, you could go episodes without seeing a person of color in there.
1: So. I love I the fact most that most episodes didn't have people of color. Like I'm really oh, trying yeah. to back my brain.
0: I can't remember. And, um, and, and the funny thing is like some of them, some of the episodes of, of Twilight Zone were allegories for race without using people of color. And I was like, okay. um, But you know, it is what it is. You know, it's, it, it was, that's the time that it was in. And so to kind of see like this legacy continued where it's like, or I should say the reclaiming of this legacy where Lovecraft country is like this amazing playground where black characters get to be the center of these stories. And I don't have to worry about, because especially with horror movies or sci-fi movies, it's a very unpleasant feeling when you have to watch a sci-fi or horror movie. And your first question, when you see a black person on it is like, how soon is this person going to die? Like it's a, it's a running joke, but there's a reason why it's it, it's been a running joke is because there was truth in it because unfortunately that has been the trope uh, the, the 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 token black person is usually the first person to die you know what I mean or so-
1: you know or it's just there to make these white people feel better about themselves yeah,
0: exactly you know you or, know, they're the or best- it's
1: just, yeah or to be like are you, know, you okay so you know that yeah. whole truth thing where she was like if I ask one more white person if they're okay. Um, <laughs> i'm gonna explode but yeah i mean everything is, is grounded in the whole world is seen through these through these black people's eyes mm-hmm. yeah and 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 i also want to say that you know obviously we're seeing some critique about how the white people are portrayed mm-hmm. and i just have to say shut up <laughs> shut your mouth you know what i mean because yeah, it's just yeah. interesting to me when I see kind of like white critics be so concerned about how racist, like how white, not even racist, white supremacists are mm-hmm. being portrayed by not having more nuance.
0: Oh, jeez!
1: And it's just like, you know, um, when black people aren't portrayed with any nuance, which for generations is what was happening, you didn't mm-hmm. care. And so right. now all of a sudden that you're actually shown in a light that may not, may, may not make you feel good about the kind of like white liberal you think you are. Mm-hmm. Um, now all of a sudden it's going to be an issue. Yeah. And I just, I'm just like, whatever. These black people are the heroes. They are, you know, we see a world, we see their world through their eyes and there's so much peripheral vision of what we get to see. Um, oh, absolutely.
0: absolutely. And like not
1: once again, not to give anything away, but I think this is definitely a show that shows us more than just what does it mean to be a straight black person in the
0: 50s? You oh, there's definitely, me? I mean, it, the show is unapologi- unapologetically queer. Uh, well, the thing that I love about Lovecraft Country also is that not only is it is it a, is it a sci-fi supernatural show um, that centers black people. I love the fact that number one, these black characters are messiest. Fuck, um, you mentioned ah, they're 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 a
1: That's a
0: lot of drama, just messy, and I I love that. While yes, they are heroic in their own ways, they've got their own personal demons—the demons that they're fighting outside of themselves and the demons that they're fighting within. Um, and I I think there's like a deep dive. I at least for me, I think they look at the specific traumas or generational traumas that we pass on to our children um, in the Black community that we we may mm. be aware of that or
1: That so is common, such you. a huge theme. Yeah. Um, just between um, Atticus and his father, played by Michael yes. Williams. Is that his... Okay, sorry. I, mm-hmm. I'm trying I'm not... Oh, no, that's I said, fine. I, said, yeah. I just watched this yesterday, so I don't have everyone's names
0: yeah, uh, uh, I think he's, I, uh, Montrose uh, Freeman is it Montrose? Okay. Yeah, Montrose.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. Oh yeah, but Michael K. Williams plays the father of Montrose, and he's so interesting. Very. Um. And their his relationship with his brother versus his relationship with his son versus Montrose relationship with. Hippolyta, that's an interesting name. Um, yeah,
0: yeah. And, and, uh, how do you say her name? Uh, it's Hippolyta. I've heard it pronounced Hippolyta or Hippolyta. I think they okay, pronounce I'm, I'm
1: going to say Hippolyta. Um, yeah, that's
0: which, how they pronounce no, it.
1: No. No. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. So there's also this weird relationship between Hippolyta and, and um, Atticus at some point. You know what I mean? There's all of these pushes and pulls. And there's all these secrets. Yes. You know, and I, you know, and I, and I kind of got some of the secrets early on, like, oh, this is a problem Mm -hmm. or like, or like this, like, they going to be acting crazy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know what I
1: mean? And I, and and I just, I love all of that. And then there's all this stuff with Ruby. um, Yeah. Who plays plays Journey's uh, sister. And you know Ruby is darker, and Ruby you know is plus size, and you know Journey is high yellow, and you know has that quote unquote good grade of hair, and you know is is petite and tiny, and there is those tensions, um, especially around like their mother, and just how trifling. Because I just want to once again reiterate that Letitia Letty Lewis, Letitia, what you say, Letitia motherfucking Lewis. Is messy. She's, yes. she, she's the kind of sister like I will punch in the face. But she's you love messy. that. You love that. Yeah. And then Ruby's not perfect either. Oh, no. And, and, you know, and she's also not a victim. Right. And, and right. I feel like there are so many ways, once again, with this kind of material, dealing with colorism,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which I don't remember them ever using that word.
0: No. I and don't would ever it would, it remember. It would, un, it would be unrealistic, I think, because right. I don't know.
1: But not even she, any kind of no. terms like high yellow,
0: you know, mm-hmm.
1: red bone, you know, good right. hair, like all of those things that yeah. we know have been passed down from generation to generation to generation um, to just you know to decipher and distinguish who we are and to kind of put white light, people, black skin people, on pedestals. None of that language is really used, but it's very clear.
0: Very and and I, the thing um because I want to talk about the uh, Ruby, Ruby Baptiste who plays Letitia's half sister. I believe they had the same mother. Yes. Um and number one, the actress who plays Ruby Baptiste, Wanmu Masaku. She's a black British actress. I think she's Nigerian. I I, I could be wrong. Number one, her I'm accent.
1: On, I'm gonna look on Wikipedia right now.
0: Yes. Yeah. She's Nigerian, born her, British like, actress. Yeah, she's amazing in this role. I know a lot of people are talking about Journey, but I was like, please do not forget this girl come award season. The same way I would I would love to see, um, you know, Journey Smollett up for uh, Best Actress next year at the at the Emmys. I would also really, really love to see Wunmi Masaku up for Best Supporting Actress. There's several things that I love about what they're doing with Ruby's character in Lovecraft Country. Number one, like you mentioned, she is darker skinned. And, uh, you know, plus size, right? She's a full-figured woman compared to Letitia, who is light-skinned and thinner and has good hair and all of that, right? And the thing is, particularly when we talk about representation of people who look like Ruby, right? Number one, um, to see a plus-size person in a horror genre is, is very rare, right? And that's usually because of Hollywood standards of beauty. But then usually people who look like Ruby... Um, usually gets shuffled into like this very desexualized mammy role. And the thing that I find so exciting about Ruby's character is that she is none of those things. Like that very first episode when she has, you know, when she talks to Letitia, we pick up on the tension between the two of them and we understand that she is not here for Letitia's nonsense. So she was like, okay, goodbye, She's girl.
1: not here for Letitia's nonsense and she's not here for Letitia's light skin ass nonsense.
0: She's not. And, she's that's not
1: what, and, and that yeah. is what...
0: I loved. Yes. And she's
1: both not here to sit down.
0: Yeah, she's not anybody's mammy. She's not here to for you to cry on her bosom. She's not there for that at all. And the thing yeah. with 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 Ruby is that this is someone who has her own desires, her own feelings, right? And independent of Letitia. And I think this is why episode five was so important because I was like, okay, how are they going to use Ruby in this show? I'm not sure. Is she just going to be like a support system for Letitia? Because that's usually the role that we're relegated to uh, when we look like, for women who look like Ruby, uh, no matter what genre, that is the role that we are usually put in. And with Ruby, they don't do any of that. They're just like- No, this girl-
1: and no, and- mm-hmm. exactly. I love yeah. that. And I also think they plant the seeds early on. And this is what I really, this is why like, Y'all have to really pay attention to, like, like, everyone who's listening. Like, y'all really have to pay attention to every little thing that you're being told because so much of what's being said matters. And you mm-hmm. may not even be like, well, I don't understand. What does that have to do in your childhood? Boom! <laughs> five, you're going to know. You know. And the
0: other thing that I loved about her, that I love that they've done, I mean... Slight spoiler here, but I was very happy. This is this happens in the first five episodes, but to see Ruby, right, having a sex scene. I was like, yes, finally, finally. Like, let's let's sit And down not and... just a sex scene. Girl. back. Get your back blown out. You yes. know what I mean? Yes. And 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 the fact that she can and people may disagree with me here because I know we have this discussion about not only the the, the representation of, of of dark skin and and plus size and fat black women, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but also there are the, the, the desexualization, right? Like the fact that we you rarely see a sex scene uh, with a woman who looks like Ruby, right? And what is interesting about this specific sex scene and why I argue for it, mo- other people may disagree with me, I love that the sex... Because you was- know they will. Yes, it was transgressive you know. as fuck. I love yeah. that it was kinky. I was like, yes, because black, fat Black women and plus-sized Black women, we don't just go for the romantic love. We want the kinky shit too. And I love that they could put her in that space where it is not this traditional kind of vanilla hetero sex scene it is very much like wait a minute and you know which specific part i'm talking about i was like did that just i happen? know exactly what you're talking about i was like
1: what yes. is going on i am here yes. for all of this but also too it's it's also the sex is consensual yes and i yes. feel like a lot of times um you know sex the depiction of um you know sex with um you know, dark skin plus size uh, women, it doesn't always feel like the sex is consensual. It yeah. always Or, feels or they're doing
0: them a favor. They're doing them a right. favor. Right,
1: or, it's, or, it's, or it's, it's, it's it's a quid pro quo kind of thing, right? Yes. Um, or it's, you know, co- coerced. And it just doesn't feel good. And yeah. I feel like <laughs> this felt very good for Ruby. And so I was I very, so. very happy. And like you, like, you know, from our text messages last night, you were also just like, and look at her skin um she's oh, going it's obvious that Annie Lebowitz was not there with her camera um, <laughs> pointing <laughs> on anyone there um but yes, yes i hope that journalists who have seen the first five episodes really push to um to interview uh
0: how do you say her name Winnie Masaku at least i or, think that's her name Winnie yeah
1: I should have um, really have taken the time to go through everyone's name. Oh,
0: no, that's fine. No, I, I'm you a huge... I mean, just... That first shot, when they first introduced her in in, in episode one, um, I have to look up who the, the cinematographer is because the way that they shoot Black Skin, not just One Me, but also Courtney B. Vance and Anjanou uh, Ellis like and uh, the actress who plays um, their daughter, Diane. like The way Black Skin is just illuminated on this show, it's... Like Ruby just looked like a fucking goddess up there. I was like, girl, I think I've been love. She, well and that
1: I just felt like she was just like just drenched in coconut oil.
0: I feel like Ruby's like Ruby's depiction is is like breaking like that glass, like that that idea that 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 plus size and, and fat women don't enjoy sex. Yes, we do. Um right. and, and the other character that I that I feel is breaking, is helping to break. Cause I feel like their companion pieces in some ways is, uh, Reda's character on good girls. Like I love the oh fact God, of seeing her. this dark skin, fat black woman who has this husband who loves her and would move heaven and earth for her. And they have, these I mean, children. he broke the
1: law for her. Yes,
0: he did. Yes, he did. And how many times do we see that? You never see that. And, and the fact that her weight is never, mentioned much like Ruby, while there are certain things that are implied, this Ruby is not somebody who's crying at home, like, Oh, boo-hoo. I'm not skinny. And I don't, you know what I mean? Same with, um, Reddit's character on good girls. Like these are fully fleshed out three dimensional flawed characters. Right. And I, you know, it, it breaks my heart when I think that someone like Danielle Brooks, right. Like while I understand that, Orange is the new black definitely gave her a platform and brought her national attention. They never wrote for t- tasty like that. Like there really wasn't any... Did she
1: ever have an episode where like she where she was attracted to anyone? I
0: can't uh, to be honest with you I'm I'm trying to rack my brain but it really wasn't in you know, her
1: flashbacks. Yeah. I don't I don't think
0: Mm-mm. there was ever it was...
1: I remember that like mm-hmm. Who say had a crush on her and she was. And lying.
0: I should have explored that because I felt like that could have been a really beautiful queer love story. Because um, I think, you know, with. Um, no, because it
1: was just easier for them to make her fall in love with a white girl in her flashback.
0: You know what oh, I mean? No, like, okay, I don't. You can't go there.
1: <laughs> I mean, like, whatever.
0: Well, here's the funny thing, right? What, uh, the real actress, Samara, Ra- uh, Samara Wiley, actually ended up falling in love and marrying one I of the know. white women writers. So maybe there was Who was, was some...
1: married to some a man?
0: Yes. And group, you know, it's but me. yeah, Tasty's tasty sexuality was never really explored on the show. And it's just been like this, this dearth of- uh, fat or plus size women, you know, women of color or white, where they're just not seen as desired. I I remember there was this movie. I just I remember there was this one movie that was called. I think it was called The Nines, right? And it was Ryan Reynolds. It's like this weird, very weird, quirky sci-fi movie where Ryan Reynolds plays different characters he's it's the same actor but he plays different characters in these like vignettes and basically you see how the stories are all tied together and it has like a sci-fi twist to it but i you remember this movie? movie um it well <laughs> i just watched it no 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 <laughs> keep, keep was, going sorry <laughs> but what was, interesting was that in the last vignette or the last short movie ryan reynolds character was married to melissa mccarthy and i fell the fuck over i was like you never see that shit you never see like tall fit men going because this was when b- before melissa mccarthy lost all that weight you know what i mean and and we saw that again we we kind of saw that representation in gilmore girls when she played sookie um but it was like really cool to kind of see that like yeah, why not? You know what I mean? Like, you I know, mean, it were... happens
1: all the time. If, if I'm, if I'm supposed to believe all of these middle-aged, fat white men are with these, like, hot 25, 30 skinny-looking women, mm-hmm. um, why can't I believe it the other way around? And I really – I'm so just excited to see where Ruby's character goes for yes. the rest of the season because I feel like mm-hmm. after – I just feel like the first five episodes, it becomes – it's just episode five, just, I don't even know what, like, <laughs> I, don't. like I don't even, I just, I don't know. I well, mean, these, I feel what? like, I just feel like last night I was texting you like, what, what, what? Well,
0: what? Oh,
1: uh, listen, what episode five,
0: saying? episode five, I tweeted, I was like, episode five, episode five is a game changer. I'm surprised that HBO let them do that. <laughs> I was like, really? You know what you're saying I mean, I'm talking about. No, I'm but here's the thing, like, you
1: also have to realize, like, True Blood mm-hmm. set, like, the most, like, ridiculous tone of, like, yes. what I feel like HBO could get away with Oh, um, yeah. When, when it comes to, like, but even I think that, like, yeah. Yeah. But, but, I but still again, i kind the, of, like. Yeah. The but I think that just, tr- mm-hmm. keep going. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I know. I, no, go ahead. You can finish. I just think it just goes to show how much they probably trust Misha's vision because I don't know if you looked at the credits. Misha writes every episode.
0: Wow. Whether
1: she writes it with somebody else, but she the first. Hold on, because you know Wikipedia is like my best friend. <laughs> um, I definitely feel like she writes maybe the first three or four on her own. And then she co-writes a lot of the other episodes. But she's almost on every episode as a writer. And I think think that's a good thing, because it's
0: it's a specific voice. Because white men, right? Because that's what we talk about when we talk about film or TV. We talk about auteurship, right? Oh, there's uh, Quentin Tarantino. And it's like Black women are never seen as auteurs in filmmaking or in TV making. And I think Nisha... Definitely, because if you watch Underground and if you watch Lovecraft, she has a specific point of view. Um, you know she what I mean? She understands terror. Like, I oh, have yeah.
1: to tell you, when, just watching Underground, mm-hmm. the way that that show made me feel, it yeah. felt like a horror film. And the way that I was so, my stomach was not, is exactly the way that I would feel watching The Walking Dead like when a zombie yes. was and, I, and and it was the same emotion
0: yes and yes. so I
1: feel like even though underground isn't horror it still invokes that same thing and I think Misha is just so good at getting just scare the shit out of you
0: I think and, so
1: yeah yeah and I mean I love it and I think maybe that has a lot to do with the fact that like they let them get away with this it's like <laughs> you're, like, like you're yeah. in really good hands um, with Misha and this fantastic team of writers and you know producers and you know crew and the amount of trust that you build to um, you know horror is hard on the actors and you know there has to be trust that you have to build between one another to do a lot of those scenes and that trust also has to come from the directors which we see you know Victoria Mahoney and we see Cheryl Dunn and we see all these other folks all Mm -hmm. of that. Um, mm-hmm. and I was like, obviously I'm not on set. It could be drama. It could be like, I'm never working with these MFs again, you know, yeah. whatever. I hope not, but you <laughs> never know, but it, feel, but it feels like all of those things kind of mesh together because the end result feels like I said, like love, even in this terror, it just feels really good. And there's so many unanswered questions from the first half of the season
0: Yeah, that
1: yeah. I just, I don't know where this is going. I am terrified.
0: Yeah. And, I and literally
1: it, could not sleep. Like I kept waking up because I kept Oh sleeping. see
0: that's that's a good thing. And I and I think with the writers with Misha and the writers, you get the sense of not only like you said about the, their love and care for black people, but the fact that you can tell that in the writing, um, they are horror junkies. Like because that's the idea. People think that Black people don't watch genre movies, that we only watch Soul Plane. It's like, uh, no. and nothing we can only like- write about,
1: like, Boys in the Hood. Like, right. Those were, like, the only, like, things that we're actually experts on.
0: It's so infuriating. Exactly. Like, we watch and we read everything. We consume everything. And so... And, and, and what I like about what I love about Lovecraft Country is the way that they approach black people's love of sci fi and science and astronomy, because like Hippolyta's character, we understand her father is like a, a, um, uh, he is an enthusiast for astronomy and he's passed it down to his daughter. And then Hippolyta's daughter and George's daughter, Diana, is like this budding artist like she creates her own comic books which I love
1: um and, and Georgia's favorite book is Dracula like exactly. I love this idea that like mm-hmm. you can still be this black person who reads W. Du Bois or whoever yeah um and you can also be this also this other person who loves you know horror and sci-fi right. I think, and I think it's like like black people like we know this like for us this is not new you
0: know what it's I mean? Like, you can we're, constantly, love we're, we're constantly shut out of those spaces. And, and I think the way Lovecraft Country does it, does it is in a way, you know, the, in the spaces, there's this term that we use that's called special snowflakes, right? You and I are on Twitter. Now we know that when we talk about the black nerd community, right? Like, of course, you know, we read comic books and we watch sci-fi, we game, we're gamers. And I mean, like you said, that's, Without uh-huh. saying, right? but then sometimes yeah. you have, there are certain people, I'm not mentioning no names, but there are certain people that will go on Twitter, like trying to prove their cred, right? They're like, well, I like um so-and-so rock band and I love this and I like that. And then it's like, okay. And it's almost like a performative, like... How can I say this without being mean? It almost feels like a, well, I'm not like those other blacks. I'm a special black no, person.
1: No, it's it's exactly life. what, here's the thing, is it's exactly mm-hmm. what they're saying. And and right. the thing is that, like, look, it's like, I love, you know, I love a murder mystery with an old white woman in yes. the 1850s <laughs> solving a mystery. I right. put that shit on every night when I go to bed.
0: Uh-huh.
1: I'm like, what white woman on, you know, Brit Box show am I going to find that's going to put me to sleep? I love <laughs> that show Yeah, yeah. Because that's my thing. You know what I mean? And I'm <laughs> totally okay with watching like some Downton Abbey stuff, you know, yeah. or like yeah. whatever. I don't need to keep talking about how much I love it. Mm-hmm. You know, and things like if it comes up in conversation or if I'm just doing it. It's, it's, see, the thing for me is that it isn't that they're saying they like it. It becomes this weighted thing of not only do I like it, I'm different than you, but also I like this when I was little and you guys used to call me white. That's always like, that's always, it's like that train, that train is (laughs) never late. And I'm just like, you know what? It's never late. And it's just so tiring.
0: And you know what it is? Especially when you have like certain uh, black male nerds that kind of justify why they don't Date black women, and they'll be like, "Well, when I was growing up, as you know, like the, the, the black girls didn't want to talk to me because I like comic books, and the girl, you know, the girls didn't talk to me because I like video games." And I'm like, "Did it ever occur to you that maybe they just didn't like you because you were an asshole, and you were and you ashy about as it?
1: hell, and yes. you were mean, and yes. you already have this idea that black girls just weren't elevated like you?" And that's also oh. what it is: is that when you I'm say, "I like these things." Mm-hmm. with your full chest right in a way that excludes other people you're really saying that you are more
0: elevated yes but for me and, and i don't and i don't think i don't think lovecraft country does that at all no um no. because i remember like when i was in um elementary school, one of my passions or my obsessions, we learned about Greek mythology. So I remember I walked around with like this the spiral notebook that had like all of the Greek gods and like their powers and like their Roman counterpart. Cause you know, a lot of the Greek gods and the Roman gods were the same, but they had different names. And I was just like obsessed with Greek mythology. And so when like Clash of the Titans came out, the Original one, I think it came out in like 1982 or 1983. I was like over the moon. I was like, oh my god, this is a movie about Greek mythology. And I know, mm-hmm. and I was, I was just, I know I was being obnoxious. I know this now, I admit that because I was just like, oh, that's so and so. That's, but you
1: weren't being like, you dumb Negroes are not on my level, you know, like you weren't like, but I feel like oftentimes I feel like on Twitter there seems to be this kind of um idea and I think we've even seen it with some black creators where they think, oh, I've studied. Oh like, listen. Okay. Let's like, not go there. <laughs> <in. laughs> like, no, I mean whatever. But you know what I mean? Like I feel yeah. like we all love white shit. We do. Period. And it's new. It's new. It's not new. You're not exceptional. You're not nope. different. Yep. And maybe if you stop studying these white people and the way that they don't do a good job of creating black characters, your characters would actually be better. But that's just <laughs> for,
0: for whatever. It's true. Well, it's, it's mean- what they like? Like liking this, like liking X, Y, Z is not a personality trait just because you like something that whatever, I'm using this in air quotes here that people may not see as typically Black. That's fine. That's cool. I mean, that's whatever. But again, it doesn't make you better. But I think with Lovecraft Country, I love the fact that they do not Go into this special snowflakes thing. It's like you know, know, Atticus. Yeah, like Atticus loves reading uh, Pulp Fiction and and Sci-Fi. And his Uncle George, like you said, you know, Uncle George, his favorite book is Dracula. Like these are things that are just. It's just matter of factly. Like, it's normal. Because, like so it's, it's normal. it's
1: normalized yeah. and it's right. and it's regular. And you know, even in that opening scene where he's reading that book, and the black woman on the bus is like, "What did? What are you reading?" And mm-hmm. you know, and she wasn't she wasn't like oh what's wrong yeah. with you why yeah. are you doing that white you know like like exactly <laughs> you know what I mean like it wasn't like there was this like gross like reaction right to that and I just think that like you know the, we've we've created this we've let these kind of anecdotal like things that have happened like yes. You know, um, have I been told by black students when I was in fourth grade, oh, you want to be white? Oh, you sound white. You know what? That was fourth mm-hmm. grade. Yeah. Y'all didn't know any better. We didn't know any better. We're now right. adults. That, oh, that yeah. you know what I mean? Like, like me liking a lot set and like maybe my dad felt that was weird, but he's, you know, that's mm-hmm. his issue. Those are his issues, not mine. Right. You know, the, liking those white things definitely could have a tension in your life. And I definitely don't want to say that it doesn't. But like, it's not as traumatic as y'all are making it seem. Calm down. I, then, I, I, I think <laughs> a lot
0: you know. of that has to do. There's, there's a lot of hurt there. And, and you know, now, you know, that's
1: I, what therapy is for. And I need people to stop <laughs> talking about it on Twitter. So I, I feel, mean, feel
0: like, you know, there's some childhood gripes or traumas and so now that they're adults they're kind of no rude.
1: you know what it's not they just want to be <laughs> black and be stupid and they're just <laughs> using that to be whatever like come on now you really that mad about that girl in fifth grade that told you that she didn't like you because you had on a doctor who outfit no you're yeah. not guess what, guess well, what? you just don't like black women and this is where this is where this is like this you're taking that and making it about now nah, it's 20 years later y'all I totally
0: it. agree. And so it's really beautiful to see that Lovecraft Country has these black women characters that love that stuff too, right? Also like participating Diana. in that, right? Like yeah, it's, it's it's fun and you know
1: and it's exciting to see. And uh I love it. I love it. Um I feel like black women in particular have a very weird relationship with sci fi and horror. Either you're invisible oh or you're you know what I mean? Or like it's just uh, it's just or you're just like the, the best friend that you never see again or, you you know, it's just it's, it's weird. Or like you yeah. said, you die first. And so um, to see all of these black women actively engaging right in this in this magical world, because it is magical right. and magic is something that is another theme of the show.
0: Which I love,
1: um, yeah. Well, I mean, there's so much. It's like and, magic. And kind, it's folklore. Yeah. It's horror. It's you know, episode three is really interesting. Um, it's 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 mixing you know just medical racism with the supernatural. There's like I said, it feels very much like one episode feels very much like you know um, Indiana Jones, and it feels very you know it's just. It's and everyone's engaging. It's black people, this is the normal to be a nerd. It's normal. And and it's normal to not be one. There is no clash of those worlds. Everyone just coexists and everyone minds their business, but not really. You know what I mean? I
0: I totally agree with that because Um, there's like this little scene I remember where, uh, Atticus is, Atticus's father, Montrose, is kind of critical of, of science fiction, right? Like where he tells Atticus, like, why do you read H.P. Lovecraft when you know he's a racist, right? So this is a black man who's, who's very conscious of the fact that science fiction is, has racist elements. But then we see a scene where he's listening to opera music. You know what I mean? So there's, there's like this, 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 this breadth and spectrum of the things that we enjoy as black people that doesn't make us less black, that doesn't make us more black than the other person. We're just human beings and we just- And then we can have
1: conversations. I know before I said there wasn't any tension and obviously those scenes or was tension around it. I just, you know, but it wasn't like people's quote unquote blackness wasn't questioned or like oh, it's not, there's
0: no conversation
1: about that whatsoever. That's a no, new thing. And that I really hope like, that, and I hope I hope more people pay attention. Not everything yeah. not, like as much as, as much as people claim blackness is being questioned, it's really not. Y'all are just living <laughs> <here. It's not laughs> like get off Twitter. <laughs> like it's like, so like you know what I mean? Like stop. But yeah, and I think and this is and just like like I said, I don't want to spoil anything and I won't Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like every episode just peels back more layers. And if you think you don't know Ruby, you're going to know her. Oh, my and if God. You think, and if you really think uh-huh. you don't know Montice, Montrese, Ma- Montrose, Williams, yeah. Montrose. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm just as messy as Letitia. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, so if you don't think you know him, oh, boo-boo, you're going to know. And this is what I'm saying about y'all paying attention. Because a right. lot of stuff in episode, I feel like episode one and episode five are really good, like, bookends. I agree. I in agree. Terms, and so- in terms of, like, certain characters, uh, they're really good bookends. I think people who are missing in episode one really develop in episode five. And this yeah. is why y'all got to start paying attention and taking notes with every episode. Because everything, and this is just good storytelling. I agree. Um, I feel like there are so many nuggets that get dropped mm-hmm. that pay off, just mm-hmm. like in Walking Dead. I know we're not talking about Walking Dead, but we're going to, this is just an example. Yeah. Um, I think it was last season, season nine, when Rick is all like, you know, let's, you know, I won't pull out or whatever, because I don't even know if there was condoms back then. I don't know what they were doing. But it was like, let's have a baby. And I was like, oh, God, girl, like, whatever. And then you come to find out that, like, after he dies, because, come on, it's been a year. If you haven't seen it, tough up, like Yeah, yeah. But, like, you yeah. know, like, uh, then, like, after he, you know, or they think he's dead because he's not. Mm-hmm. You, they set like the, after that jump it's a 10-year jump or a five-year five-year jump and you come to find out that she was pregnant and those little nuggets that get dropped have payoffs and when they pay off they really work and that's how storytelling should be don't tell me something about a character and then you don't ever follow up with it four episodes later
0: I agree.
1: I, I feel agree. like so, and this is what I love about the storytelling of Lovecraft is I feel like every little thing that is said pays off. Mm-hmm. That it's all about them introducing um, information that is so important. And then maybe this most subtle line that, um, and I think this is the beauty. Um, I definitely, um, I'm going to go back and take notes Right. on how these little nuggets were put. I can tell you as a screenwriter myself, I watching this and the storytelling really has inspired me to actually finish my script this weekend. So we'll see.
0: Oh, that's so great. I'm I'm so happy to hear and that. Just, yeah.
1: And just learning because this kind of storytelling is, it doesn't happen. It's not, to me, it's not this good this often. Nope. So there's something really special about the show. And like I said, it's not perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like episode three will definitely get people a little off kilter.
0: Mm. I think. It's- I, want, I wonder if that's what they meant to do. I wonder if that's the feeling they wanted to evoke. Like that. What feeling you of- need episode three in order to get to episode four. Yeah. You know the right? payoff and is so great.
1: The payoff. The is payoff. Great. Like, like the payoff is there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think three is just a little wonky. But like I said, once you get on track, you're like, oh, okay, this is why. Okay. This yeah. makes sense. Oh, I needed this. Um, Absolutely.
0: Absolutely.
1: And it just, it may not make sense when you're watching it, but it, it'll all come together. And I'm just like, look, if y'all could watch that last season of, um, what's that show y'all like? Game of Thrones? <laughs> I hated the last season. <laughs> but like, you know, first of all, you couldn't even see it. So there's that. <laughs> um, But I mean, like, if, you know, it's just like, I feel like... Uh, this show is like a million times better. But I also mm. just think, like I said, I think three is a little off kilter because so yeah. much happened in one and two. But I think if you can just like settle and I also think that because you're not binging it, you may not be as off kilter as I was because, you know, we are oh, watching Oh,
0: that's what it is.
1: And I yeah. think that's what it was. That mm. there is a little jump. And I think because I was just like so revved up, I was right. like, what's happening? But I don't, so I don't even know yeah, so I don't know if that's going to be an issue for people, but my whole thing is that like no show is is perfect, but this show
0: is really fucking good for a first for a first season and the first five episodes they are literally knocking out the part. I'm. Just I mean, strange. and not
1: even for a first season. I just think for any show, I think that yeah. you were instantly grabbed, you were instantly sucked in to uh, these characters. You know, and I'm so also another thing like. If you're one of those people who's just like I am so tired of seeing black people have trauma, then this is not a show for you.
0: <laughs> it's not and and I just want to address that cuz I know we've had you know there's there's been this ongoing debate and um our good friend Kirk Moore um we there was a uh, we spoke about this in a podcast um and this is the way that I feel. It's like I understand that right now, particularly as black people, we're living in this this very Emo- it's like racially tense, like the protests, we're seeing everything, you know, the the uh, George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor, there's so much trauma going on. With us collectively today. And so I can understand why someone Black may feel like I don't have the bandwidth to watch a show that has Black trauma. I understand that. That being said, saying to tell Black creatives, I don't want to, I don't want you guys to write Black trauma. Why can't we write X, Y, Z? Is not realistic. And I'll tell you what. And like Kirk explained. That's the whole point of dramatic effect. There has to be trauma. There has to be conflict, or you're just watching an episode of The Cosby Show. And I love The Cosby Show, but that's
1: also that's not a horror show.
0: Horror is
1: about trauma. If there's no if there's no trauma or dead bodies, you know what? It's called The Simpsons. Like I don't know (laughs) what else to tell you. And and so here's the thing: is yes, I completely understand people being like, I don't want to see anything. That, has, that that shows us dead. I definitely feel like I totally understand people's issues with Queen and Slim and there were lots of issues with that film that people had, including the end and whether or not the end was necessary and did we need to see that. And I think that there are definitely ways um, to show trauma that don't re-traumatize us. And I feel like Lovecraft is still like it doesn't re traumatize. At least it, it didn't re traumatize me. But you know, you right. need to be clear. If you don't want to see white people calling us nigger and chasing us with shotguns, then this isn't for you. From you. And, like This this isn't for you. If you yeah. need to be, and, and honestly, you know, and I don't want to be flipping and be like, well, then, you know, you're just wrong because you don't want to see trauma. You got oh, no, excuse. No, no, but you know, yeah. you listen and be like, I'm so tired of Kelly. <laughs> you know what I mean but I'm just yeah, yeah. saying that like you know I realize that, like there are definitely this is the reason why I haven't really watched the news in a while because I'm just like this shit is traumatizing every day exactly. I don't really want to watch this this is not for me and I get to make a choice but I'm not going to be like why do you why is there news like no <laughs> like you know um that doesn't make sense it's you get to choose what you want to see and you get to make a choice of, you know, if, if you just feel like you're tired of white supremacy and you don't understand why this needs to be on screen, you know, we can talk about it. But at the same time, though, then like that's not a critique of this show. That's not to me a valid critique. It's because I agree your- with that. You know what I mean? And so if you're not in the headspace and you want to watch Sweet Magnolias on Netflix or whatever feel good, which is a really cute little real feel-good show. Which I did.
0: I watched I watched Sweet Magnolia and I I love that movie. It's, you know? it's still a classic, it still stands up. Um, but yeah, like when I when I think about super like so this debate about we don't want trauma in black shows, right? Now when you look at a show like Lovecraft Country, right? The show that I compare it to, not saying that they're I'm gonna say they have similar beats. They're similar themes, I think, in in these two shows. And I would suggest that people watch Lovecraft Country if they love this, this specific show. Uh, the show that comes to mind is Supernatural, which airs on the CW, right? So it's basically, um, for people who have not watched Supernatural, the premise is there are these two brothers. They're the Winchester brothers, Dean and Sam, right? Um, the episode one starts with their father being missing, Sounds familiar. Right. And so most of season one is spent with them trying to find their father. Right. And as the show unfolds in season one, we realize that the relationship that this missing father has with each of his sons, he's traumatized. There is trauma within just the beginning scene of Supernatural. Their mother Mm -hmm. is killed by a demon. There's no spoilers here. Right. So that's a flashback. Because that
1: show's been on for a decade. If you haven't seen it.
0: You right. Go right. So now the show, you know, fast forwards, you know, now uh, Sam decided to get out of the business because it's a family of of monster hunters. Right. They're hunters. He decides, I just want to live like this regular vanilla life. He's ready to go to Stanford Law School. And then his brother, uh, Dean, the older brother who's still in the business, who looks up to his father is like, listen- It also
1: has a porn addiction, which I yes. think is a really funny way of
0: like, anyway, oh, going. Dean is funny. But listen, if you watch Supernatural, there is so much trauma going on in that show. Sam and Dean have a very dysfunctional relationship. They keep dying for each other, right? And, it's so end, dark. It is, it's
1: and, so it dark. And let me just yeah. also say too, though, like every time they show up pretending to be FBI agents, I'm like, you don't look like a <laughs> I love what, it. And what are
0: you doing with these I horrible love, ass suits they wear. They do. And I love Supernatural. I mean the last few seasons I, I was just like this show needed to wrap up like four or five years ago. But that to me, like I look at that in Lovecraft Country, they have similar beats. And you know, When I look at the pilot, when people ask me, um, there's always these um, questions or articles that are like, what are the best TV pilots? If, if you're a TV writer, which TV pilots would you um, suggest? One of the shows that's always on my list is Supernatural. That pilot is Perfection because it, it sets it up. It sets up the two brothers. It sets up each of their personalities, why they're not why they have not talked to each other, uh, the father being missing. And then something happens to Sam, which echoes something that happened to their mother. And then that sets them on the road and them being on the road. We understand. It is because... such a similar setup, right? Yes, like, absolutely. It is. I'm like, so you can't be mad. You can't be like, you don't want trauma in this show, like Lovecraft country. And, and let me be clear, the trauma, in Lovecraft Country is very specific to the race of the characters, right? They're similar, they're universal in theme, right? Like we all have beef with our dad, right? But why do we have beef with our dad? And so a lot of these traumas and, and dysfunctions that we see in Lovecraft Country are universal and they're also specific, specific to their race, specific to their gender, specific to their skin color, um, which I really appreciate. And I'll also say this, while I love Supernatural, I'm not knocking it. One of my Did they ever was- have a black
1: woman on there? I think Dean had one black girlfriend and she was light skinned. She was lighter than a bag.
0: Yes, and then they did decide not to be together. And they've had a couple of black women on the show, but they don't really last long. And one of the longest standing critiques of Supernatural is that they cannot maintain women characters on that show. Almost all the women characters no. that have left on Supernatural have all ended up dying. And it is so frustrating. And I'm like, I hate Who that. Who was that I redhead
1: ate... girl? Who was the redhead character? Oh, she I was really like the, She was
0: like an uh, angel. What was her name? Angela or something? I think she survived because she's an angel. But like Joe and Ellen from Super... I love them. They killed them off. I'm like, really, guys? Okay, fine. and then well, just I'm other- hoping they don't
1: kill any women off of Lovecraft. But, you know, you just you never... I, I
0: agree. Yeah. So never, I was just like... So I just know. feel like Lovecraft is definitely in the... Tr- it, it is walking in the legacy and the tradition of shows that I've loved, um, like you said, it's got it's got X Files, it's got um, you know Twilight Zone, it's got Supernatural, it's got Kolchak: The Night Stalker. Like if you are somebody who's watched horror and Supernatural, there is something. It's got a little bit of Hannibal, girl, a little yes, bit of does. Hannibal. And, uh, no tea, yes it does. Yeah, you know it's I mean? got a little bit
1: of Hannibal. Yeah, and, um, and I you love- know it's got everything.
0: It does, and I love that we have a show with black people. That's macabre. I like, I love shit that is just weird and fucking, like, strange. Like, what the fuck just happened here? Yeah, and there I'm like so oh. many
1: times I was just texting you, just like, girl, please tell me this is not what's happening. Is this what's happening? But I, I, I just want to make, so I just want to make one real point about trauma is that, like, you know, I think that, like, uh, I think we were texting about this earlier today, is mm-hmm. that I think that, um, that, the trauma that the characters, uh, the, the racial trauma, mm-hmm. because I think that that's what really triggers us, right, is I, I'm not as traumatized if Freddie comes out of your closet, even though that is still fucked up, you know, there like, you know. Freddie go back, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like, uh, but that's just part of the game. Of horror. I think it's the trauma of the whites, the, the, like you know, the racial trauma, that kind of police violence, that surveilling, that chasing, that, that 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 terror of you know white people terrorizing us. I think that that's what triggers people, obviously, and and that's and there it's going to be in this in this show, but I think that there's such still a restraint because I also think that in these kinds of things. Critics can say, "Oh, well, it's not traumatic enough," and it's like, "Well, what do you want to see? People lynched? Is that what will get oh. you?" I don't remember okay. what I was. I don't know what I saw recently where someone was just like, "And you and I must have been talking about this," but it was like, "Oh, the racism isn't isn't isn't, isn't severe enough," and it's like, "Go away."
0: <laughs> and then I saw another like, review that said you? that it was too severe, so I was like, uh, "Okay, I, I mean, again, you know, that's why film criticism is or I TV felt like there, there was not. a restraint." Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: I'm going to say this. There are some people, obviously, there are a lot of smart people who get paid to give criticism. Um, I only take some of it with a grain of salt. And that can be the same with my own work. You don't have to like my work. You don't have to like what I write, and I get it. But I feel like there's just a lot of people who just don't. I think that there's going to be, and we've already seen some articles already of people um, having just writing like really like negative things and, you know, teach their own, but I also feel like I'm going to tell you what a professor in film school told me sometimes when they're not the focal point, they don't get it.
0: Oh. oh and wow. I
1: think that, and I, and this is just real. And I think that there are definitely times when white critics view this through their lens They are so used to being at the center that they don't know how to behave when they're not. And that isn't to say, and that isn't, I mean, they have tantrums. I mean, they literally, you're telling them to put on a mask and they're literally ready to fight. What are y'all? What's wrong with y'all? And so I think that like, you know, there's going to be times um, where black art is really, I don't know, tricky for white critics because they're just so used to being, at the center and they're so used to not getting they don't they don't know us and that's just real they don't know us personally um you know what a lot of white people know about black people is from the media or twitter or they think this is how we you know you can tell when people are pulling black Twitter tweets into their scripts. It's like you don't know a black person is this. But you know what I mean. So like I think there's going to be, you know, a pushback and people are not going to necessarily get it or think it's not scary enough or it's too simple. And, you know, and I read that from a black critic and, you know, everyone, you know, is entitled to an opinion, but not all opinions are are worth listening to. And some of your opinions are just wrong. And... (laughs) I don't know. I
0: I love love that we have a show. and You know, that's the thing about Black critics is that we don't need to be in consensus with each other. That's totally fine. I I know where I stand with Lovecraft Country, at least the five episodes I've seen. And I have seen the reviews from other Black critics who who don't love the show or may not. And that's totally fine. I don't think like I'm not going to get into a shouting match or like troll people that on Twitter who who say they don't like it. If you don't like it, you don't like it. And that's I like all criticism is valid. As far as I'm concerned, is like if you're as long as you are going into it and you're engaging with the material and you're meeting the material where it's at, right? Exactly what you see, then the opinion is what it is because we're all And you're being respectful with your critique.
1: And that's absolutely too is it like like I said, the show is not perfect. Um, but, you know, I think there are things that could be done differently, but I also just feel, and and I, and I've read a lot and I'm just, and it's interesting how, um, black critics, even if they don't like it, definitely deal with it with a little bit more care in their, in their critique, um, than maybe a white critic would. Um, and, you know, and I, you know, I read one, it just felt like the writer was just resentful. And I was <laughs> like, and I was just like, dude, you need a hug, but I Ooh, won't because no. I don't want coronavirus
0: to so stay oh, away. No. You know what I yeah. mean? But like, you know, I think it's exciting. I mean, I, I love the fact that we can have black art where we don't have to agree with each other because that because it's the debate. Well, we ne- it's like- but here's the thing is we never do. Oh, we never. Well, that's that's been the stereotype that we all, you know, because there's this idea that if you're a black critic, you're supposed to love all black art and blah blah. Which, you know, that's a that's a no, no, no. There, there, there is
1: there is a pressure for you to perform publicly that you like that you all love black art because there is this pressure that you have to fit in to um to the mass, the black film critic mass, and you know, the end of the day, I love when people see something and something I didn't see, because then that just makes me to have to even dig deeper. My issue with, 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 with some of the reviews is that it just doesn't seem grounded in reality. Like what are y'all watching? (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like we're clearly not watching the same thing. I'm thinking maybe you did get the wrong screeners. I don't know. why. I (laughs) I
0: mean, Um, I just, I didn't know the way that I engaged or the way yeah, the way that I engage with Lovecraft Country, like it, this show, like I feel like I'm having a conversation with this show. That that is mm. how I feel about the show. And I think that's I feel seen. don't you feel seen? I did. I do. And I like a lot seen. of characters, I feel seen through a lot of the characters, like the Diana characters, like, oh, look at this little cute black girl nerd. Yes. I was like, I relate to that. I relate to her. Politics. I need more of her. Yeah,
1: you know. And, and, I'm, and I'm hoping there's like a little episode that's geared toward her at some point. I
0: don't know. I think so too. Yeah, and yeah, definitely I Ruby I definitely re- relate to Ruby's character a lot. I, again, I don't want to especially with episode 5, that specific scene. I relate to that. Y'all are relate to on that. yourselves when you see yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's just like, all right, you know, but I'm I'm really excited for people to watch this show. It'll be really interesting to see Um, The conversations that will be going on Live time during Twitter Because I mean I've already seen episode one But I want to watch it again And kind of watch it Like when everybody else is watching it On Twitter And this is what I
1: love about black people right? And Mm -hmm. this is what I love about black shows I mean as much as like Twitter Is like a cesspool of just nonsense (laughs) um, I mean it really is And it's nonsense that I've like participated in So it's not like it's like oh it's just y'all yeah, right. horrible. Like, no, we're all horrible people. You know, we're not right. horrible people, but we're not. We're, I feel like we're our most horrible when we're on Twitter together. But I also feel like we're also our best. And what I love, what I find to be this cultural phenomenon that we have, and this isn't just like, obviously, like, white people were on, t- you know, Twitter tweeting about that show. What's that mm-hmm. show called again? Game of Thrones. Which one? See, I'm yeah. so shady. Mm-hmm. Game of Thrones. I can't. I can't. <laughs> But I think there's something special about when Black people collectively watch a show um, and that it's about us, that centers us, and then we tweet about it together. It really is such a phenomenon, and I absolutely love it. And you know what? Other than Insecure, um, mm. I don't think of another show because, you know, the also streaming kind of ruins this this. This moment, because yeah. when when you stream, it's all there. And like, why are you streaming? You no know, why are you tweeting about episode nine? I'm only on episode one. Like, ruining it. You know. So, but I feel like this is why I still am such an episodic, like week to week girl. Give me a new episode every week at one time, so we can all watch it together. Because this is going to be such an exciting experience, whether you like the show or not, mm-hmm. whether you take issues with. Ruby in Letitia's relationship, whether you, you know, maybe you have a problem, that journey is a lead. It's another, like, you know, light-skinned woman, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And and all of those critiques could be valid. You know what I mean? Like, it's not even like to say you're wrong or you're right. But to have this cultural moment, especially during this pandemic, um, where so many of us feel so um, disconnected and aren't around our families and around people. I'm so excited to finally get back to like a Sunday, you know what I mean? Where it's like black folks are on deck and we're Madness. together and we're not going to, you know, and we're going to fight and we're not going to have like the same kind of responses, but what does it collectively mean? And to also hear other people see things that you don't see. And I also feel like, you know, it's also nice to get, the voices of people who aren't critics. I feel like our voices are so loud.
0: Yes, um, and I totally agree. So
1: it can be so um, dominating, mm-hmm. um, and that's just because you know we get paid to write about stuff, and right. and you know and and most of us have blue check marks, and we all know how that shit goes. You know what I mean? But like, <laughs> um, but you know what I mean? Like to be able to uh, have a collective conversation with not just you know, one sect of black Twitter, but all of us. Yes. um, It's really exciting. And I am so excited to, like I said, I've already seen it. So it's like, I really got to watch it again, but I would be stupid to miss out.
0: Oh no, I'm watching it tomorrow in real time. Because I'm literally locked
1: in the house. (laughs) Like I'm in LA, like it's like these numbers, we're not going to be able to leave the house until damn season five of the show. So I don't even know, <laughs> oh, no. you know what I mean? So I just kind of feel like it's going to be such a fantastic, fun ride um, to be on Twitter and the show. It's such a fantastic, um, fun ride. And, and I really hope that people uh, give it a chance. And like I said, it's not for you. It's not for you, but it definitely sure as hell was for me. So.
0: All right. So we are going to end on that note. Thank you so much, Kelly, for Bye. coming to the Spectrum Lounge. So i had have to so have- so much fun. Oh, thank
1: you. Well, I you know, you're, think you're, think a, you're you... A junkie like
0: me. You're a TV junkie like me. So that goes without saying. You
1: my podcast cherry. So I'm really excited.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of the Spectrum Lounge. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to support on Patreon at patreon.com backslash Film Fatale underscore NYC. You can also find our host Rebecca Theodore Vachon on Twitter at Film Fatale underscore NYC.